0: Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon.
1: This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings.
0: I'm Kova. I'm Kikita Kaori. And this week we are going to be looking at Heroes of Legend Chapter 5, the last chapter of Heroes of Legend. Right. All gets finished up now.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Though there's so much left undone, I, I don't know. I hope for an epilogue or something. But in Heroes of Legend, Chapter 5, by Marie Brennan, Bayushi Dairu, uh, son of Bayushi Shoju, brings Miramoto Hitomi the Scorpion Clan sword. Hitomi, Bayushi Kachiko, and Sapun Ishikawa slip into the Forbidden City to kill Bayushi Shoju while the United Clans. United Clan Armies fight Ujiaki outside. They make their way to the throne room, but Shoju locks the door behind Hitomi, leaving only himself and her to fight at the end. She goes to kill him with Itsuwari, the Scorpion Clan sword, but it stops, (laughs) preventing the final blow. In that moment, Hitomi realizes that Shouju did what he did to unify the Empire against a greater foe and kills him with her Wakazashi so that his plan may be completed. So uh this this story was great. I thought it was I was really good and a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. It's all taking place on the twelfth of January, which is the same day as the big battles of the previous sections
0: happening outside. So it's all it's all happening all at the same time. Yeah. Lots of really cool stuff. I was saying last time, last Heroes of Legend chapter, where's Hitomi? Why isn't she leading mm-hmm. the dragon armies but hmm i wonder if she's off doing something else and it turns out i was right mm-hmm. she was in fact doing something else yeah yes you are yep so we have some lore nuggets there are references to the mission that Togashi had sent Togashi Mitsu and Miramoto Hitomi on to aid the prince i believe were his actual words mm-hmm. which is from two swords fall from heaven and the two of them have come to completely different ideas of what that means, which has been a source of entertainment.
1: <laughs> he probably meant both at the same time.
0: Almost certainly. Almost certainly. What should I say right now that will get them to do what I need them to do? And it will aid the prince, even though it's like, well, there's two of them. And <laughs> she told me it's very clearly decided that, that Satori is the prince that she should be aiding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, she may have to change her mind soon.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. So Hitomi thinks about Sapun Ishikawa's ability as captain of the guard to be a little bit sneaky. Uh, he's able to get around the city. He knows all the back alleys and stuff. We learned about uh, Ishikawa in How the World Ought to Work, which is a fiction where he is being a little bit sneaky uh, with uh, a Okoda tatori and knows all the underworld connections and that sort of thing. So this is not new. This is just... The way Sapu Nishikawa is, he's, he, he has his finger on the pulse of all things Oda Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, it is interesting that he's managed to get himself teamed up with yet another person who's clearly bought the idealistic disadvantage.
1: <laughs>
0: Hitomi's not happy with this at all, but <laughs> you know, she goes along with it, which is interesting because the Miramate, as we will discuss, are uh, very often the pragmatic side of the clan. But uh, no, no, she bought, no, idealism, I'm taking it. <laughs> We see Dairu again. He's been lost for about a month before this scene.
1: Dairu being the son of Kachiko and Shouju, of course.
0: Yes. And Shoju's forces expelled Hitomi's forces from the dragon guest house, which is where Dairu was being a – imagine imagine some air quotes here. He was being a guest, (laughs) uh, perhaps a guestage. Probably he's been with the scorpion, but it's not entirely certain.
1: Right. So he's been missing a month.
0: And he shows up conveniently with the ancestral sword of the scorpion, Itsuari. So that's an interesting one.
1: Mm -hmm. Hitomi thinks about scorpion schemes and so on uh, as imagining a story that she knows of a monk trying to contemplate a knot uh, and trying to undo it for a long time. And then a Miramoto comes up and cuts it in half. So people tend to forget... That the Mirimodo are really the non-mystic, very practical side of the dragon. Yeah. In general, they keep the dragon grounded. Mirimodo himself considered himself a great pragmatist in terms of combat. If you read uh, the excerpts from the Niten in, you know, some of the first edition books, he it, it's very much focused on... Being natural, doing what your body wants to do, and prioritizing killing your opponent over everything else. Just focus on that, as opposed to Kakita's The Sword, which is a a lot more mystical uh, in the way it's described. If you want to check out some readings of Nito, we'll have a link in our show notes from first edition RPG. It's always fun to have your Miramoto drop a quote or two. The story of cutting through the knot is a parallel, of course, to the Gordian knot that we have in our our own uh, Western literature too. So,
0: L- less of the prophecy of he who undoes this knot will rule the world. Mm-hmm. Mostly, this is just a philosophical thing—the difference between trying to puzzle it out and then just going cutting through it. Look, we want it, want this open. Who cares how? But I think there is still fairly clear parallel.
1: <laughs>
0: there was a callback I liked. Between Hitomi and Shoju's last meeting, which was back in When the Wave Strikes the Shore, which is when Hitomi arrests Shoju for. At the time, I reckon you've murdered the emperor and you usurped the regency, so you're you're being under arrest. And this is part of the dragon slash crane court coup. Um, (laughs) And he says, then, you know, you surprised me with your presence. I was expecting the lion. And this time, when she shows up, he he immediately says, "I didn't expect it to be you."
1: He should always expect Hitomi. That's 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 the, problem, <laughs> that's the thing, isn't you know? it? <laughs> he, he's he's not expecting Hitomi. He should always be expecting Hitomi.
0: He's maybe he's reading like the old fiction, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what's going on? This is not how it's meant to happen." Very confused. Surely it's Tutorial come to kill me.
1: <laughs> I always figured that. Dragons are always about showing up when they're not neither expected nor wanted.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <You> <laughs> they just invite know. themselves to everybody's yeah. party. <laughs> so the person taking care of Bayushi Dairu during this time, and the person who brings Dairu to Hitomi, is Bayushi no Sentaki Yugiri. He is a member of the Sentaki vassal family. We saw him in Two Swords Fall from Heaven, and he was just a generic scorpion messenger sent from Kachiko to the ruby champion to tell her that the emperor was dead. However, the scorpion clan sword always goes to a person who the champion does not know, and always goes to a person that has the mission of potentially killing the champion if they mess up. So having it go to a vassal clan family person as opposed to a member of the ruling family makes sense. Having it go to someone whose mission, uh, potentially as assigned by Kachiko before she was sent off, but even just because he said he was one of Kachiko's pawns, but overall whose duty is to keep an eye on the heir is a really good idea because if somebody's going to turn evil, their first concern is going to be towards their heirs or or children, either doing something to protect them or doing something dastardly with them. Um, I'm going with the theory that it is likely Yugiri had that sword all along. It's just a good person, well-positioned to go after Shouju, If need be. And uh, that's why Dairu was with him, and that's how they got the sword. Just my theory. Yeah. But another vassal family, the Sentaki, for you who like vassal families.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we, we, we definitely need more of them. Shouju uses a blinding powder at one point which could either be from a Nagetepo, which is a ninja egg grenade. You basically blow out an an egg and fill the shell with something that you don't want in your eyes, and then you lob it at someone. There's also a sokotori, which is an incense box with blinding powder. And there's also a metsubushi, which is a box specifically set up, so a little box with a mouthpiece for blowing powder in people's eyes. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's quite specified which one he uses.
1: Actually. No, it's not. It's not clear how he gets it there, but just there are different tools that you can use if you have a shinobi and want to Yeah, fight like that.
0: Could be the equivalent of pocket sand. Or the, you, you keep it in your sleeve in this case. Mm-hmm. Sleeve sand. Sleeve sand.
1: And finally, a lot of this story hinges on Itsuwari itself. It is the ancestral sword of the scorpion. Uh, as I said, uh, after a new Scorpion Champion is made, the Yogo Daimyo imprints their name on the blade. Should that blade ever cut the person whose name is on it, their heart just stops immediately. The ink shifts on the blade to show the Scorpion Champion's location. So technically, shows you couldn't have left without them knowing... It would show right where he was. Though Hitomi, even though she's carrying the sword, obviously doesn't know that she didn't draw before them. In Celestial Realms, uh, the RPG source book, it says it has the ethereal flicker invocation that kind of makes you do the whole, you know, doppelganger, shadow stepping kind of effect. Mm. Void inversion. But it's not used in this story at all. Hitomi doesn't even know about that. It is carried, and also it is – there are many forgeries as well by someone the champion does not know, and it's – te- as I said, it's intended to keep him in check. Uh, so even if you saw someone carrying a blade that looks just like that, he wouldn't necessarily know mm-hmm. without it being drawn yeah. that it was um, – itsuwari. Now once it's drawn and it's got the flickering blade and probably all kinds of spooky sh- uh, special effects mm. from the shadow ink and all it's much easier for him to uh, know who it it is so it's not weird that he can identify what it is right now. When Hitomi swings the blade it stops itself right at Shouju's neck because it knows that Shouju did not betray the empire. That power of being able to tell whether or not a betrayal actually occurred, that's, that's new. That's not been described before. But it's awesomely cool. So, you know, why not?
0: So those are our law notes. Those are the things we, we gleaned from mm-hmm. the, the fiction. And we're going to put links to all of the stories we mentioned in the show notes.
1: It's just an excuse to go make you read the whole storyline, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which you should do anyway. So we have a few discussion points, one of which is, was Dairu showing up with Itsuwari planned by Shouju, or by Kachiko, or someone else? Or was it his own idea? And if so, what was the plan?
1: So it's important to remember Dairu is like 13. That does not mean he doesn't have his own ideas. It doesn't mean he's not clever, but he's a kid. And he is a kid in a war zone, basically. After yeah. Shoju takes over. So Shoju secured the capital. His people secured the guest house. Okay. If Dairu has just been hiding in the basement with Yuguri for a month somewhere without Shoju knowing about it, that seems that Shoju's not necessarily trying very hard to find him. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's.
0: Yeah, I mean, he may well. It's one of those things. He has to be. I am the new lord of the Shadowlands. Get me some mustaches that I may twirl them. mm -hmm. He probably doesn't want Dairu anywhere near him. So he may. If he's going to send out agents to do something, it would be find him, protect him, absolutely keep him where he is, keep him well away from me.
1: Yes, exactly. It it would be a. He, you know, yes he knows where he is it would not be a bring him before me or anything like that so given that that that's if he's found even if he wasn't found keeping him hidden among the scorpion but not letting anybody else know where he was or what he was doing is very likely just just keep him a, a scorpion secret they're, they're good at that I'm told um.
0: yes he's well actually he's actually going to have to tread a very fine line because he wants Dairu to end up with the pure the quote unquote pure scorpion mm-hmm. who aren't who are who are very clearly not on his extremely evil side mm-hmm. because he needs Dairu to not be associated with what he did which is another possibility of why Dairu showing up with Itsuari because that's him very clearly putting himself on the side of my father must die. Uh, even though he's 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 in fact putting it out as look, I want him to die as opposed to end up in traitors' grove, which I yeah. You know, and he even says this is a weakness. I, I love my father, even though he's done awful things. I want him dead rather than suffering for eternity. Please don't judge me. But at the same time, he's he, it does neatly position him as. Good guy scorpion, not bad guy scorpion.
1: Absolutely.
0: If Shoju has a plan for Dairu, that's it.
1: So it could alternately be set up by Kachiko because uh, Yugiri is Kachiko's agent, but she hasn't had a whole lot of communication in, in no. the keep. So that sounds difficult. It seems to me more likely that Shoju knows where Dairu is. And as you said, sent him out intentionally so he is on the good guy scorpion side. Because if, if he wasn't sent out intentionally to the good guy scorpion, the best place to leave him is locked in a basement somewhere. Um, yeah. So, you know, he, he is neutral at that point. But this is better. The other thing is that it is possible for Shoju to come up with a plan to do two things at once. Which is, yes, absolutely, 100% paint Dairu as a good guy, saving his son, saving his line for the clan. And it also, by giving him Itsuwari to do it and having him give it to Hitomi, it means that Shouju won't go to the grove. Yeah. He is sure that Itsuwari will kill him. I mean, that's what it's for. That's the 100%... It's a designed to kill Scorpion Clan champions. And, you know, it's not like it's killed that huge number of them that he would know yeah. how how it worked in the past, but that it would know that it would stop. Here's a plan where he can send Dairu with the sword, get Dairu safe, get him dead, which is where he needs to be, and also get him dead by giving the sword to someone with as he understands, it's just enough control, but really a lot of anger. Like if he had given it to somebody else, not Hitomi, they might have held back to question him, why did you do this and something? And he does yeah, not yeah. want that. He wants to be dead. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, it's not even he doesn't want to end up on in, in the grove because, I mean, obviously that's very unpleasant, but. If there's any possibility that someone gets the truth out of him, everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. So, he, yeah, he can't, he cannot survive this. Right. So,
1: but the grove is a good motivator as well. And there's always a chance that something will go wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's, it takes away from his sacrifice to say that he, you know, doesn't want to go to the grove he still risked it from the very beginning and knew that it was a very powerful risk. But, yeah, this is a plan that finishes him off, which needs to be done to prevent chaos, saves his son, and saves him from the growth. I, I, that just sounds very Shoju to do a plan that works three ways like that. It doesn't sound like it's beyond him.
0: No, no, no. Win, win, win.
1: Um. Anyway, that's why I think it was Hitomi, because Shoju knew she was angry enough to Kill him. Or someone else might have held back. Did you like this story? And and Shoji's whole arc?
0: I like this arc a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Because it's very different from what happened before, even though, you know, some people say it hits a lot of the same beats. But it is very different. His motivations are completely different. What he's trying to achieve overall is completely different. It's pretty much the exact opposite of the old law Mm -hmm. and i mean i i I really did like this iteration of shoju and Mm -hmm. and his personality what he's trying to do and all that stuff i mean i'm a little i'd like to have spent more time with him but given the way that the fiction happens in l5r with ffg how much word count we get Mm -hmm. uh, he got, he got a good run, and I, I, thought he, I think it, this ended really, really well and had a lot of the good, proper samurai tragedy of, oh, it turns out you're actually a good guy after all. I still have to kill you, and so I do. And so she, just, she, she barely hesitates, which is exactly and precisely. It's a just it's a huge uh, – it's just a big thing. It's a, it's a really common trope in samurai drama, and I thought that was really cool. Really liked it.
1: Very nice. I enjoyed it a lot, too. I feel like there's lots of undone bits left in the Heroes of Legend storyline. Um, I kind of expressed last week that um, compared to Shouju's death here, Kuan's death seems to fall pretty flat without some kind of follow-up. So I guess I'm hoping for some kind of follow-up <laughs> still that may not
0: happen. This to be a huge amount. I mean, like, you've got, okay, so the bad man is off the throne. Good. But there's a lot of cleaning up needs to be done. Like, a lot. And we know two people literally magically teleport. Down south to to fix up some stuff there. Unicorns show up, and I'm not quite sure where they came from now because there's no way they're getting down there in an afternoon.
1: There's a unicorn, of course, they could get down there in an afternoon. <laughs>
0: That's true. They, they might be able to use their cheaty unicorn magic, but this might actually be the unicorn who were off in the burning sands, as opposed to the ones who were up north fighting the lion. There's a there's a bunch of stuff needs to be kind of and here's what happened next.
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of this is this is supposedly the end of Heroes of Legend, but I'm hoping for an epilogue or or something something more. But uh, I th- I think it was an interesting choice to end with Hitomi. She's had some character development, but she's not been high profile in the story.
0: Well, I oh, well, she's the one who arrested, showed you in the first place. Yes. which is pretty impressive.
1: So, so it does make a nice mirror of, yeah, that I guess she's she's attacked the castle, she's attacked the capital twice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and and almost three times because she showed up the day the princes went missing. <laughs> and brought her army in right then. So it's you know she's had she's actually been part of some pivotal things. She's she's also been very different from her old lore portrayal where she was just a rage monster and and she ends up doing some really bad things due to her rage monstering. <laughs> but she's clearly not going down that path. I mean I'm sure she'd be delighted to meet Yakumo. <laughs> Other than that, she's been very different. So I, I've really liked her arc as well. Okay. And just that that yeah, and, that, and that, that moment of her realizing, oh, oh, I now realize that. I don't know. How exa- I, I One of the follow-ups is exactly how much does she realize? Because there's some implications to showed you did not betray the Empire, because that implies showed you did not murder the Emperor, which implies a whole bunch of other stuff. And that's going to be an interesting conversation someone's going to have to have somewhere.
1: But for our listeners, please tell us uh, if you think things should have gone differently. What what would have happened if the story wasn't ending right now because the product was coming to an end? Some of this, obviously, it doesn't feel overly compressed to me. I could see ways to stretch it out, but this doesn't feel like it's too compressed, which is actually a great um, compliment to the writer's to make it not feel too squished and try and cram everything in that was left, even though, you know, we would like more. But on Facebook or in Discord or wherever, let us know yep. what you would have done differently if it wasn't ending or what you might have done differently about how to uh, finish Shouju in this little thread in All mm-hmm. All
0: right. So that's that's our discussion about the heroes of legend chapter five mm-hmm. we're just waiting on the battle of cherry blossom snow on april 30th and then may 7th is going to be the battle of cherry blossom snow epilogue so we're looking forward to those things
1: mm-hmm. this week on emerald dojo which is a good website for new players of the lcg they do a great interview with katrina Ostrander, who is the story lead for uh, FFG's Legend of Five Rigs talking about how she worked with her story team on planning the fictions out and, you know, storyboarding it all and, and collaborating, and uh, that's definitely a must listen to if you are interested in this kind of stuff. So shout out to Emerald Dojo.
0: Absolutely. And you should also be checking out the Court Games Network, including the LCG podcast. Uh, Life from Tokyo podcast called Tokyo of the Five Rings, and two actual play role playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortunes and Strife. And you should also check out our friends at D20 Radio, who have an enormous amount of podcasts relating to role playing game and tabletop games in general. And there is going to be something there to suit your fancy.
1: our content is funded by the community discord patreon which supports our editing costs as well as our website where you can store and see longer term information summaries of our podcasts great rpg tools and more for our patreons we have some occasional special bonus content like adventure seeds early access to our ap podcasts and other things as we think of them We wanted to give a shout-out to some of our patrons this week. Uh, Thank you very much to Robert Falkinson. Thank you to Tainted. Thank you to WorkerBee. And thank you to William Carson for all sponsoring this podcast. We couldn't do it without you.
0: You can find us online at courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And on Patreon, we are patreon.com slash courtgames.
1: But overall, that's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you.
0: And I've been Korvar. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.
1: Radio, your gamers roll.